0: Hey there, it's Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we wanna blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have.
1: Codette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on her way to Supermom It, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time.
0: Bridget smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high-five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right.
1: Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with the stories. Brooke Carson is our first recorded guest since hashtag quarantine trended and our first current representative of the expat hockey community. Her and her sweet family have recently returned from Europe, smack in the middle of the COVID 19 pandemic. Her husband, Brett, played in the NHL and AHL and has spent the past several years playing in some of Europe's elite leagues. We're anxious to chat about their journey, not only to get home safely, but about life in their northern Canadian towns and navigating the hockey life with their two tiny boys overseas.
0: Good morning, Brooke. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Hi, Brooke.
1: Hi. Face. Yeah. Why are you happy so to be beautiful
2: home? early in the morning? Because um, this is apparently my first girl time in many, many days. So I put <laughs> mascara on, cute new sweater. Nice.
0: I love it. Oh, you must be so happy to be home, hey? Um. Yes.
2: Being in your own house.
0: No.
1: Is,
2: yeah. yeah. Nothing Let's, like it. It's been a long couple of days, that's for sure. Or a couple oh. of weeks, I guess, for us, but.
1: Let's jump right into that. So yeah. you guys have been, I'm, I just feel like typically start at the beginning of everyone's story with the, all the how you met stuff, but yeah, the fact that you just came home from, where were you?
2: Uh, Bratislava, Slovakia.
1: Okay. And you just got home in the middle of all of this craziness. So how did it start over there for you?
2: Um, everything happened pretty quickly. Uh, a couple of the leagues... Um, canceled. And then we obviously had the feeling that most of them were going to follow suit just because things were getting crazy pretty quickly. So um, within two days of finding out the other leagues canceled, our league canceled. And then the next day we got our flight itinerary for two days after that. So how many games did you
0: guys have left in your season?
2: um, Three and then playoffs. Okay. So
1: And were you making the playoffs?
2: Yeah, we were actually in second place. So, Uh, crap. Pretty disappointing end to the year, but.
1: Yeah, no Mm. kidding. I feel like, did they cancel over there before they canceled the leagues over here?
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Trying to think what. I feel like Switzerland was one of the first to delay. Like they um, postponed playoffs by two weeks. And then Italy obviously canceled. And then right away, Austria, Czech and then us, and then I think Switzerland just decided, and Germany, and kind of everyone. I'm not sure about Finland and Sweden. I'm sure they've canceled now, but they were still playing when we came home. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay, so then you got your itinerary, and what what was your your original flight path?
2: Well, we found out on Friday that we were going to leave on Sunday morning, and obviously being in Bratislava, the most major airport is Vienna, Austria. We usually fly in and out of there, and that's a different country. Um, Slovakia in general had closed literally all their airports. I think they only have three, but they completely closed all the airports. So we had no choice, and we were supposed to fly out at 10:20, I think, Sunday morning mm-hmm. and get back to Calgary with the time change by 4 in the afternoon uh, Sunday Calgary time.
0: Oh, wow. And so keep in mind, Brooke has two very small boys. What are their ages? One and two. Oh, my God. (laughs) So you've got all their baby stuff, strollers, hockey gear, all your
2: clothes. Like, how many bags did you guys have? We had four hockey bags, Brett's hockey bag and sticks, two suitcases, a double stroller, two car seats, a dog kennel, because we also bring our dog and like a carry-on and a duffel bag and diaper bag and
1: yeah when you said four and then you you breathed out after I thought you were gonna say 400 and I was like yeah that <laughs> sounds about
2: right 400 it feels like 400
1: <laughs>
0: well yeah especially like I said I even forgot about Lenny so it's like you add that in also you're trying not to get the coronavirus while you're at the airport
2: well you have a one and a two-year-old that lick everything <laughs> yeah. play on the floor touch every surface don't really understand, like don't put stuff in your mouth. Don't put your hands in your mouth. Like we can tell them that a hundred times and they still yeah. do it. So
1: do you, I have a, just a logistics question too. Were Are you guys planning to go back next season? Like it, does he have another year in his contract there? Or were you packing up your entire life to come back to North America?
2: Um, we do not have another year. Uh, we have a good feeling that that specific team would want us back, okay. but it's pretty uh, fresh still. I don't know if we have it in us to, go again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would you typically at the end of a season over there, bring all of your stuff home or do you put things in storage and then figure it out after?
2: Um, We mostly bring things home. We do leave things that we've bought over there. Like every apartment that you move into, they don't necessarily have everything that you typically have Mm -hmm. back home. So we've bought things and then we leave them. And if we go back to the same team, um, we have them there for us. And if not, we just give them to whatever imports right and okay. up there we just tell the team or whoever's storing it just to disperse it however they want <laughs> okay right so okay so you did not
0: we have to back it up because you did not get on your flight on sunday
2: no we um oh, shit. It, well do so you want me to tell the whole yeah, story I, right I, now I, it's a, I, it's a, I
0: well i mean give us like you know like the good cole's notes version but like yeah be specific because i haven't even seen you yet so i don't even know what happened to you
2: Um. So I said, like, we leave Bratislava and we have to go to Vienna and Slovakia's borders are completely closed. So you can't, like, if we were to go to Vienna, we could not come back without doing a, like, proper 14-day quarantine. Like, they bring you to a site. Like, if we leave the country, we can't get back in. So um, we called a cab company. We have all this luggage. We arranged a huge van to come pick us up because we have to go cross-border. My husband spent like two hours talking to the cab company to make sure everything's good. They said, yeah, it's good. And we are set to leave at 6 45 AM and at 6 30, the cab uh, messaged and said, he's stuck at the border. He can't come get us. Oh. So we scramble, um, call two like Slovakian cab cars, load everything into the cars, drive to the border and then the guy in the van said, oh, I'll just wait there for you. So when we get there, we're looking around and we can't find them. And there's just like all the, everyone at the border, like patrolling it. Brett was trying to look for the cab and the police ran over like, what are you doing? This? oh my <laughs> like, god, pretty crazy. And we couldn't find the guy in the van. So we just panicked, like we're in a rush. Two other cabs were sitting there. So we're like, okay, hey, we're just going to transfer our stuff into these cabs. They'll drive us to the airport.
1: So did you have to unload all your stuff at the border?
2: Yes. And reloaded into two (laughs) new cars
1: (laughs) with a one and a two year old. Okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so we, we get in the cabs and that's fine. The ones from, uh, Slovakia to the border or to from Bratislava to the border was like 20 euros. That's fine. Normal price. And then we get in these other cabs and we're like 10 minutes from the airport. I think it was like 30 minute drive. And my husband goes to me, do you see what the meters at? I'm like, no, why? He's like, said to the guy, uh, what's the meter at? 247 euros. No.
1: Oh my God. Times is that least five- two. Yeah.
2: That is, so it's like a time and a half. So in, in the end, anyways, we got there 500 euros and he gave us a deal. So that's 750 Canadian dollars for a oh. 30 minute cab ride.
1: Holy oh shit. God. Did Brett lose what? his shit on him or were you just like, I don't care. Just get me there.
2: Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? We're like, yeah. He's just going to kick us out and we're standing on the side of the road. Oh my God. So we <laughs> obviously brutal. like, we kind of said something to him, like you should give a heads up and considering the situation, like, yeah, obviously okay. just gouging us, but yeah, right. Um, he went, he got the money out and he actually was like, oh, it, it was supposed to be closer to 300 per car. And he's like, oh, I'll give you guys a deal. At, like 250. We're like, awesome. <laughs> Thanks, so. pal. Yeah. yeah. So we get into the airport with like tons of time, I think three hours, and we find our um, check-in desk and we're in line. And we ask the people like, we're in the right line. Yeah, we leave at 10.20. They said lots of time. So as we're like going through the windy thing to get to a check-in desk, we notice like the people behind us, the line is getting shorter. And we're hardly moving. And then I'm like, hey, wasn't that lady behind us? Wasn't weren't they behind us? Like, how are they at the front now? So I notice like everybody's just budging. And at the desk, there's like two workers out of, I don't know, eight empty desks. So I finally like pipe up because I have two kids, a dog, all this luggage. Yeah. And I'm like, is this a free for all? Or are we budging? Or what are we doing right. here? And some lady sticks up for me and she honestly like almost got in a fist fight with this other lady. because She refused to go back to where she was supposed to be. She just was budging. And still the people say, you have enough time. You're good. And then we get to the front of the line, go to like check in. They say, nope, you, have, you don't have enough time. We can't get your dog on, can't get your luggage. Like you're going to have to rebook. And at this point, I'm like almost crying, almost oh full meltdown. And I just like held it together.
1: How? Yeah. Yeah. there's no way that's, I, yeah. I might have been I
0: would have torched, yeah, torched the whole airport and been like then no one flies like fuck <laughs> all of you,
2: <laughs> you know, like we can hardly even push all of our luggage the two of us like Brett has two trolleys I have one trolley plus the double stroller and then like
1: so people were just cutting in front of you in the line while you're yeah like,
2: and then people are telling us you guys should just cut in front because like yeah. that's everybody's doing it I'm like so oh I said God. to the lady working, like, you need to take control of the situation. Like, yeah. people are checking in for their flights that leave two hours later than us. Like, you need to yeah. make whoever's leaving the soonest, like, top priority yeah. anyways. Was so the airport to- just,
0: like, packed? Like, was it full chaos? No, or- it
2: actually wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just those specific plane times were busy we're bad, yeah. and everybody's yeah. panicking, so... Yeah. They're when was
1: of, this? This was only, what, what was the date? I'm just curious. I have to put myself where I was. A week
2: ago yesterday, uh, the 15th. 15th of March. Sunday. Okay. Okay. Kay. And anyway, so we have to rebook. So we had to go to another counter and wait behind 30 other people for two hours to rebook oh God, our flights. And even when we got up to the front of the line to do that, they said, oh, well, you guys must not have been there in time to make your flight. Like they almost tried to charge us for three new tickets like 2100 euros my husband was like there is no way like we were there tons of time they kept telling us you guys have time whatever so we get the flights booked for the next day we find a hotel that's only five minutes away and then go to the hotel and chill and then we go super 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 early the next morning we everything goes super smooth in the morning we get on our long flight um vienna to Toronto, everything was good. The kids fell asleep for a few little naps. And truthfully, my kids are really good travelers. I'm pretty lucky that way. But, um, we get to Toronto and we have a four hour layover, but once we land and we're taxiing in, it's taking a long time. So we're thinking like, what is going on here? Then they come on the radio in the airplane and say, Oh, someone felt ill just before landing. We're going to be stuck on the plane until health services can come in and check this person. Oh, God! Oh, so we're technically, like, quarantined on this plane. No, when we no. land um, for, I don't know, I think it took, like, 30 minutes or whatever, which is fine. But then we get off the plane and we have gate-checked our stroller. But because of the situation, all the luggage and everything else is technically quarantined on the plane. So they can't offload anything. So they say, like, you need to go through customs and everything with all your baggage and no stroller for your kids. So we're chasing the kids or carrying the kids and pulling all our stuff. And we said, okay, so where do we pick up the stroller? And they're like, oh, you're going to have to go to the baggage carousel. Well, We had a connection, so we didn't really need to go there, but we had to anyway. So we went to the carousel. We're going to have to go out of the airport and then back in through security again.
1: Oh, my God. What a shit show.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So we wait for all the luggage to come off. We wait for every last piece, and we have no stroller. So at this point, we're thinking, like, we just need to get back in and go. Like, we can't wait for it. It's either going to get delivered or it's lost, and we'll have to get a new one, whatever.
1: Like, let's buy a suitcase and throw all the kids in the suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'd be easier at this
0: point.
2: And we, like, go out through customs, and it was pretty easy. And then we had our um, customs card, and the guy's like, yeah, if you checked off that you had food, pet, bird, whatever. And we said, yeah, we have a dog, but we're going to Calgary. Um, No one told us we had to pick him up. Apparently, we had to pick him up, and we didn't know. And we can, like, hear him. We're like, is that Lenny barking? Me and Bert were like, oh, my God. If we didn't come down here, like, would we have left our dog in Toronto? (laughs) So then we have to rush and get our dog, bring him back to, like, the area, go up, recheck him. And then we um, make it to our gate with lots of time. So we're good. We get some food. We go to our gate. We're boarding. Everything's good. But at this point, my kids are about to lose it. Like. They're tired and everyone else is boarding we already on and they're screaming bloody murder for like five minutes and they both finally pass out. So we're like, awesome. Four hour flight from Toronto to Calgary, like they're gonna sleep the whole time. So it's the middle of the night technically like yeah. in Bratislava. And then we're sitting there, not leaving. and We get delayed oh, and then we get delayed again. And then they tell us, oh, there's a mechanical issue. We have to deboard, go to another gate, wait for another plane. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: oh my. I wish
2: I wish I was kidding. Holy shit! So me and my husband are sitting there, like you can't be serious right now. Like we're about to again lose our mind, cry. Like we don't even know what to do. Like finally, the boys fall asleep, and everyone was very helpful. Like some uh, ladies around us, we had been talking to them, kind of explaining. Like we're an hour. We don't even know. Yeah. Like two days later, we're already supposed to be home, blah, blah, blah. And they're like rallying, like, if anyone around can help, like take the bags, blah, 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 like help these people. Um, So these little, I don't know, they must have been like high school or early university um, students that were abroad that were going home. They're like, we'll carry all your luggage, your diaper bag, your suitcase. Uh, You just carry the kids. We'll bring it to the new gate. So they helped us out. We hopped on one of those, golf cart like things yeah. to bring us to the next gate and we get there and then we're delayed again and then we finally get on that next plane and they did the boys slept the entire way me and brett got a couple hours which was helpful and then we get home and this would be monday night i think we flew in at like 11 45 p.m so we were supposed to be home sunday at 4 p.m we yeah. get home at monday 11 45 p.m Oh my god. And only half of our baggage shows up. Of course. Oh. <laughs> like,
1: why oh. not, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you keep thinking, is it gonna get worse? Is it gonna get worse?
2: <laughs> like- well, every time something bad happened, we're like, okay, hey, this is it. This is yeah. this is it. And then something else happened and we're like, what else can go wrong? But yeah. literally every possible thing went wrong. You're like, this oh is god. truly
1: the trip from hell. Yes, yeah. it felt like a nightmare. Bags, did
0: your bags finally come, or do you have? Yeah, everything? the next
2: day they mm-hmm. just delivered them the next afternoon. So thank God, that's good. How full yeah. were your flights? Full, yeah. Really, completely full. Actually, we got pretty lucky on our long flight from uh, Vienna to Toronto. There was one empty seat beside us, okay. and a really nice lady. Um, she was a teacher that was abroad. She was going home, and. So we obviously have a two-year-old who sits in his own seat, and then our one-year-old's fairly big, so he's not fun to have on our lap, but he yeah. goes on our lap, and we luckily got an extra seat, so oh, that's good. pretty good. So,
1: oh, oh my gosh. god, one one just tiny ray of sunshine and all of that crap. Yeah. Oh, Holy wow. shit. Well, I'm glad you made it, and she's having a cocktail. Yes, I know, I love it.
0: Well, good it is if she's still on to, on, to yeah, on the like time over. yeah, it's like almost seven
2: p m in Bratislava, so
0: oh my God yeah, good. and so now you're on quarantine, obviously, so yeah, yeah,
2: day That's, eight, so
0: yeah, day eight so At least your- it's been nice enough to be outside, like take the kids outside, like,
2: yeah, we've been trying to spend lots of time outside, however, we came from like plus fifteen and sunny, so. Uh-huh. Um, was a little bit of a shock to pull all the snowsuits and everything back out, but
0: that's wild, Brooke. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad you're home and you guys are safe and
2: yeah. So Yeah, we're happy. Well, now let's get
0: kind of a little backstory of you and Brett. So where did you guys meet?
2: Um, we met in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, when it was actually he had already been traded to Calgary Hitman. It was in junior. I was in grade 10. But um he played for Moose Jaw. Um he was drafted to Moose Jaw as a 15-year-old or 14-whatever when you're in the WHL. And he went to school with some of my best friends from dancing. Okay. And so oh, we from- got another dancer. How do yeah. we keep <laughs> all the dancers? I know. So you're from Moose Jaw? I'm from Moose Jaw. He's from a small town called the Whitewood, Saskatchewan, and it's like 900 people. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love when Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan comes up because it's like slap shot. <laughs> I can say this correctly, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. anyway, okay, so he was playing junior there, and then yeah,
2: he was playing junior, and then he got traded to the Hitmen. But when he went back to Saskatchewan for the summer, there obviously wasn't much training in his little town, so he just stayed in Moose Jaw for the summer to train. And I met him that way through some friends.
1: How does that go in in tenth grade? I mean, I know how it goes, but was it like at a party or? Yeah. What was he wearing? Let's talk, let's talk oh, it. Let's talk about it. Oh gosh,
2: I don't even remember. Was, did he have like a puka shell necklace? Like what, 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 he was what, not what, the like, puka shell kind of guy. No, but mullet, uh, goatee,
1: goatee. Mm, oh. Impressive. <laughs> he was in high school grow goatee.
2: Yeah, I don't. Pretty much only the goatee. Not much on the cheeks. Yeah. But.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how would you know you were smitten?
2: Well. I don't know. It actually just like developed mostly as a friendship. And then because at the time he had been traded to the hitman. So it was like, we spent lots of time together that summer. And then obviously in the fall, he had to come back to Calgary. Um, then we just talked all the time. I went through a couple of rough things and he was just always there mostly as my best friend. And then um, kind of turned into more when he moved back the next summer to train again. And that would have been grade 11 for me uh then the year after that we did try and do long distance while he was in Calgary and I was in grade 12 and I would fly out to Calgary for a few times like Mm -hmm. weekends and holidays and stuff to visit and then after that I moved out to Calgary to go to Mount Royal while he did his uh 20 year old year
1: did you guys live together then
2: no, because he no. was out of billet, okay. and I just lived in it seemed
1: a little young, but I wasn't yeah.
2: sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed when yeah. you're still in
0: yeah. the WHL. Totally, right? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't think any of the guys live with
1: girlfriends. Yeah, Lenny, mean, and Christy like Berry. Like a- Lenny and Christy Berry already had kids when he played junior.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, Brett had like a 9 or 10 p.m. curfew. <laughs> yeah. You can get... Busy before nine. <laughs>
0: get, those babies, get those babies in. Um, and then, so after he finished up with the Hitman, then did he go? Was he drafted by the Flames then?
2: He was drafted by Carolina. And their oh, okay. um, American League team at the time was in Albany, New York. Oh, right. Okay, wait. Yeah. So, Bridget, you met Brett yeah. way back in the day.
1: Oh, okay. yes. yeah. Yeah. We were with Carolina together.
2: Oh, and I Ray, think maybe like partway through that year or the following year, he was mainly up in the NHL the whole time. So that's probably when you yeah, met him more.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Cause Ray, I, I I knew that we had met before and I remember knowing him. And then I remember, I think when we came to, I think Codette, when I came to Calgary, maybe to your tournament, Yeah, you guys were there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's so- good to see you again.
0: Yeah, and those were like your super fun partying days. And I remember Brett telling me he had a really great time with you guys because you were so fun, Bridge. Oh. I mean, you're always fun, but like that was like the time for you guys. Like,
1: Well, every... Ray just kind of... I mean, his career kind of kept going and going, but we didn't really know what was going to. So every, you know, at the end of every contract, we were like, this is it. Let's go out big. (laughs) Kind of kept happening for a few years in a row. So um, yeah, Brett may have been witness to one of those nights where I thought that I, um, that that was my last night as an NHL wife. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, he was like a rookie, and he was young, so he probably thought it was like the best. He's like, "This is the NHL!" Oh my god, this is what I need to.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been the night where Emily Cole and I both thought our guys were done, and we thought we should drink as much champagne as we possibly could on the guys' tap because I think it was actually their rookie. They didn't have a rookie party, so the year-end party actually was the rookie party, and we were all there. Oh my god.
2: Possibly, yeah.
1: There may have been some
2: shenanigans, but... <laughs> I I Aren't there know. always, though?
1: I'm pretty sure I didn't come out of my room for three days after. It might have been one of my longest hangovers ever.
0: <laughs> oh my god, hilarious. And then so he went from Carolina to Calgary, or was there any yeah.
2: Okay. He, um, we actually, so what happened is we ended up breaking up after
0: Ooh.
2: his, yeah, his... First full season in the American League because, I mean, at that point, I was freshly 20, I think. He moved to Albany. I was in Calgary at the time, still going to Mount Royal. And then when he moved, I actually ended up moving to Saskatoon and I took hairdressing. Uh And I flew out to visit a few times in Albany. But then it's just a lot to do long distance, I think, when you're that young. And Mm -hmm. I don't know.
1: Well, when everybody, you're all just trying to start, like you're trying to find your own way too. And that's what the challenge is sometimes, you know, like you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. It's not like you have a direct path at 20.
2: Yeah, for sure. Most people so,
1: so then, um, did you then, you stayed in Saskatoon and did hairdressing then for I, a while?
2: Yeah, I stayed in Saskatoon for a couple of years and then I actually moved out to Vancouver. And meanwhile, the entire time, me and Brett had still always kept in contact. Like we I don't think we ever went a few weeks or even whatever without talking. We were still best friends. We talked all the time. Um, And I moved out to Vancouver. And I think it would have been right after preseason. It was like middle of October, I think, when he was with Carolina. I don't know if you guys were still around at the time, but it was when the teams would go over to Europe and do some preseason games. So he was with Carolina, and they did – a couple of preseason games in St. Petersburg, Russia, and then some in Helsinki. And he flew back and half the team was at home playing and half the team was there. And I think they flew to Montreal and played and then to Vancouver. So he just happened to be in Vancouver and I was living there. But because he had came back from Europe, he didn't have to play and they had like a day off before their next game. So he had two full days off in Vancouver. So he just came over, hung out and everything just like you know, was like it, we were never apart. We just kind of hit it off again, I guess. Like the timing was right and whatever. So we had lots of conversations about if we're going to get back together, like it's all or nothing. We're going to make it work. Um, So he said, if I stay in Raleigh or if I get sent back to the American League, because at this point they had moved their American League team from Albany to Charlotte, Mm-hmm. He said, "If no matter what, when things like settle down after preseason, would you want to come out and visit?" So I said, "Sure." And we went um, a couple weeks, and then I flew down there for a couple weeks, and then we just decided to get back together, And pretty much every month for the next three or four, I flew down for a week or two out of the month. And then he just happened to get traded to Calgary at trade deadline in February that year. So as soon as he got traded to Calgary, I just packed up my stuff in Vancouver and moved. You're like, uh, Calgary there.
0: You're like perfect. Yeah. You're like, yeah. And then you got a job when you came to Calgary
2: too, right? Uh, not at that time. It was the end of the season. Then we went back to Saskatchewan for the summer and then he signed two more years with Calgary. Yeah. And then at that point, yeah, we moved back to Calgary and I got a job. Well, I worked two different jobs. I worked one at a condominium corporation and then the one that I was with for the most part was um, an oil and gas company. Obviously, I like that you made Calgary home, but when did like when and why did
0: you decide to make Calgary?
2: Um, it's Well, all of our family is in Saskatchewan. And just having spent the time, he spent the majority of his junior career in Calgary, and then I really liked it when I went to Mount Royal. So when he was with Calgary, we just decided to buy a house there just because I think Calgary kind of feels like a really big Saskatchewan city the people are very friendly i how did that tra- how did that transition
1: go then just to, um from playing over here and then making the decision to go over there
2: um it actually came a lot quicker than we anticipated um the two years that we signed in calgary after the trade the first year my husband spent half of it out with a herniated disc in his back oh, and then the second was the lockout so of the two years, he only played like one full season. So new guys came up and he just didn't have a spot anymore. Yeah. So we didn't we hadn't even thought really about Europe. We just kind of thought, oh, his career is just gonna start taking off. We just signed two years with Calgary and just like that, we're headed over to Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy and it's so
0: different, right? Like
2: I Yeah. it was such a different, like I mean.
0: I know like from some other girls and stuff too, that it's not always as like close. Like it's, I know, I mean, we've been lucky, like Bridget and I always talk about this, how lucky we are that the girls have been so close and, you know, had such a good team bond and stuff. And then it's sometimes it can be different in Europe because you only get a certain amount of um, imports. Imports. So then you just have a big time language barrier and culture barrier and was that like like that for you too in some Oh, places? for sure
2: yeah. um all the leagues are different with the amount of imports they can get and unfortunately for us we have um been in lots of leagues that don't have very many so for my first year for example we we're in stockholm sweden which is amazing mm-hmm. the city is unbelievable but we only had three north american imports and i think one or two european imports and the two other North American imports were single guys. Or sorry, um, one had a girlfriend, but she didn't come over. Okay. So but, I had but, no other North American yeah. girls to then, hang out but with. But a lot
1: of people speak English in, in Sweden, though, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I became close with, like, some of the girls on the team. But at the same time, when they are in their home country, like, lots have kids or lots are in school or working.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. they
2: can. So they're not really in the same situation as you when you yeah. have nothing that's, to true. Do.
1: <laughs> that's true it's completely different at least I mean typically when you're in the NHL most people are in the same boat I mean yeah some do some girls do work and uh but like you said like everyone that's their home country that's where they and do they have pretty long contracts there too if they're um, in their own home city or
2: I don't know I've found most like maybe two or three years would probably be like the max but we've always just signed one year at a time
1: yeah have you been happy with that? Just, or would you rather have been like, know that you were going to be somewhere for a few years?
2: I feel like by the end of the season, you kind of have a feeling if you're yeah. going to be back or not. So, I mean, obviously you always want to sign a long, longer contract and yeah. come home for the summer with no stress of worrying about where you're going to end up and yeah. if you're going to go back or whatever, but that waiting for us, game. yeah, it's, yeah, it's been okay. Well,
1: I, I and it sounds like with, with um, European contracts, like you said, typically they're shorter. So you kind of are prepared a little bit to at least just have one year, and then crossing your fingers. How was your anxiety level? Did you? How do you manage that?
2: I have never really worried about anything like that. Good for you. Until I until I had kids. Yeah. Oh, totally. I was freshly engaged. I was moving to one of the, like the most amazing cities in the world. I got to travel Europe it was a pretty exciting time, I think. So my anxiety was fairly low, but as the years go on, it's definitely, it's been tougher.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that too, even like, no matter where, when I was young, I was like, giddy up. I want to travel. I want to see the places. Ray played, Ray started his career in Germany actually. So he didn't oh, nice. last long over there, but I was gung ho. I'm like, all right, I'll go live in Germany for a little while. That'll be awesome. Sure. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, once kids enter the picture, it does change the game. Yeah, little, uh, you get a lot more to think about.
2: Yeah, you feel like they miss a lot. Like, obviously, they don't get to know your family. Like, my boys have two cousins that they hardly ever see, aunts and uncles, grandparents, those things. And then, like, Christmases come around or birthdays. And, you know, you obviously want to celebrate them for your kids, but it's just not the same.
1: Can you list list all your European cities or that you've lived in?
2: Uh, our first year, so we played in Stockholm, Sweden. And I... I'd have to say probably that is my most favorite city that we've lived in. Um, It's beautiful. The people were so nice, very helpful, spoke pretty good English. Um, I loved it there. The next year, we also got very lucky, and we lived in Vienna, Austria. Gorgeous. Um, Yeah, two amazing cities back-to-back. And then we did four years in Finland, which I love Finland, but we were in smaller cities, so um, not quite as much going on <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: um our second year i'll add that our second year in finland was a super fun year because we had like 10 imports so we had tons and tons of girls tons of kids all the dogs and we all lived in like a community um complex it was like three different apartment buildings all can join basically yeah. right beside the rink oh, so fun. we'd go to the game during the intermission, we could like run back to our house, have a drink, oh my God. go back. Oh my God, like, that's so
1: fun. I just like fun seeing pictures of your group from then. Actually,
2: probably. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty. We had that's a so really, fun. really fun group that year, and then the next year we were in uh, Renta, Finland, which we spent three years in. Oh wow. Um, beautiful little city, but very little. About thirty kilometers off the Russian border, in the southeast uh, corner of Finland. We had like uh, five or six imports that year. So a really good, again, um, tight group, awesome girls, super fun. And then the next two years, in the same city, we only had one other import girl each year. Okay. I think one we had for like two months. Or sorry, the third year we had two. So huh. kind of goes back to that same thing where... They're not always particularly in the same uh, stage of life as you because my Mm -hmm. third year in Finland, I had recently had my um, oldest. And then um, the year after that, I had another baby (laughs) right away in another town in Finland. We lived in Kovala. Um, So that was a pretty tough year. I had a one-month-old and a 17-month-old.
1: Holy crap. Were, Were they both born in Finland? the
2: boys both in Canada oh in Canada um my first was in June so off season and then the second one we actually signed a little bit later that year and I was 35 or 36 weeks and I probably could have made it over there to have the baby but I figured I'd just stay back everything I'd been through like throughout the summer had been with um my doctor in Calgary so just easier um, yeah, yeah, I had them in November and then November 4th, and we flew out to Finland on December 6th.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh. Why wouldn't you? Oh,
2: yeah. It yeah.
1: Exactly. sounds perfect.
2: Oh. Yeah, and then last year in uh, Bratislava, Slovakia. So Okay.
1: What about like the European style of life over there? I feel like they're a little bit more – I mean, it was a long time ago when we were there, but I feel like everyone was outside more.
2: Oh And they used to
1: put their babies on – like in the stroller on the balcony?
2: Yeah, we did that in you Finland that? all the time. Yeah, that's the you thing. You did that just
1: to kind of keep them, like they
2: nap they, out there. They right? nap out there, yeah. So cute. That's so wild. We just, we take um, Alice, our oldest, for a walk and if he fell asleep in the stroller, we would just leave him outside and then crack the door, periodically take a peek and yeah. Did they just Love do it. that
1: spatial-wise or do you think, I think kids, people just sleep better when it's chilly. Oh, yeah. Is for that why sure, they do yeah. it? They,
2: they definitely think that they sleep better out there and
1: I think it's awesome. I just remember, I think I was actually visiting, Ray was playing in the world championships in Norway and I had relatives over there that I had never met. So I kind of connected with them on Facebook and took a trip to find them and they were putting their kids out. There was this little apartment building and all these strollers were outside. And I was like, oh, I guess everyone's storing their strollers out there. And then I saw my cousins put their kid out there. Yeah, It's like, <laughs> what's happening? I loved it though. It's kind of Oh yeah. So different, but
2: they're very active. Like That was definitely one of the things that I noticed my first few years was everybody was out walking. Everyone was biking. Everyone was carrying their groceries. They didn't drive that much or, you know, they had, they do have better transportation. I think like all the city trains, like our first year in Sweden, they obviously provide a vehicle for you. I think we put on 1200 kilometers the entire season. That was basically driving to and from the rink.
0: Seriously. I do that in like three days here. (laughs)
1: like, oh my God. No kidding. I like that though. I think, like you said, like public transportation is just easier. You just kind of jump on the train and head downtown or grab your, grab what you need to get. So you were a gymnast too. Is that right? Yeah. I like, was a
2: gymnast. So my sister, I did take dancing after my sister was the dancer, yeah. but my mom told me she put me in dancing. Cause my sister loved it. And she said, after like my first or second day she's like I knew you needed a solo sport because I'd come home and be like those other kids weren't doing it properly and blah 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 so (laughs) she was like yeah gymnastics then you can control it all your own
1: that's perfect that's funny that's that used to be my mom's uh so my mom owns a dance studio in Saskatchewan and uh if there was like a particularly like hyperactive kid and I don't know not hyperactive I don't know what the correct word is but anyways my mom would be like, have you ever considered gymnastics for little Susie? Sure. She'd love it. She'd be so good at it. She's so flexible. <laughs> yeah, let her go
2: bananas on the mats." <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: See you oh, later. Dear. Leave your tap shoes at the door.
2: Yeah. Oh, no. that's funny. Gymnastics was my sport for sure.
1: Yeah. I love you it. You miss
2: it? Like, oh, you ever that just was a long, like- long time ago. <laughs> I often think that I could still do gymnastics usually after a few glasses of wine and you probably no, turns can. out that good.
1: <laughs> What's your, What was the biggest trick you ever did in gymnastics?
2: Oh, gosh. I don't like, know. Did you
1: do like a f- full twisting layout? Yeah. I don't know. I made that up. Yeah,
2: it is. Really? It's very, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> Round off back handspring, back tuck, or, you know, all the... Oh,
1: my God. I bet. What about a back handspring? You could probably still do a back handspring.
2: Oh, I probably could have before kids. I'm not sure I can anymore, but...
1: What about a walkover? You can do a walkover.
2: Yeah. Would you pee your pants on the landing or what?
1: What's the problem? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I might throw my back out. <laughs> after, I, after I quit, um, I actually kind of had to quit because I got to the highest level that you could in Moose Jaw. I kind of was approached to train for the Olympics at a very young age, but I would have had to move and my mom would have had to homeschool me. So oh, I couldn't I like, <laughs> you know, and then I met boys and things changed. Yeah, <laughs> and then I went into dancing changed. just kind of to fill my time and And then
1: her flipping there. around wasn't just on the mat. Yeah. <laughs> Brett was flipping Those around. splits yeah. came yeah. in pretty
2: handy. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it.
1: That's <laughs> what I can do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's my oh. hidden talents which I cannot do anymore.
1: You probably can. You go to the Stampede, right? I'm sure that shit comes out with codette late at night.
2: Yeah. I'm a, i am I love stampede, but I can only do a night or two.
1: Oh,
0: sorry. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe sorry. now this year is my year. However, it'll probably be canceled, but oh now God, I'm have, having kids. No. This could okay. be my year. Stampede
0: cancels for nothing. Not the yeah. flood of 2013 like that. Stampede does no
1: not. No pandemic
2: yet. is going to stop the stampede.
1: Absolutely not. No, no, I can't see that happening. Honestly, no. like I keep feeling like okay. In another two weeks, things will be, things will maybe get back to normal. And then in my mind, I'm like a month max, but I don't even
2: know. Like, Oh, I, mean, I don't know. It's so, I can't stop I think- reading. And it's like six months, 18 months of, I
0: know it's crazy, very but, stressful.
2: I mean, all you can do
0: is just like make a list of stuff that's been bugging you around the house and like, do it at least come out of this and be like, okay, I got some shit together. Like, I'm going to be fat as fuck, but my house will be organized. So <laughs> well, all the Easter candy.
2: <laughs> you try and do anything with a one and two year old running oh. around. Like there are so many things on my list, but I can't seem to get anything done.
0: I have one of those pens um, that we had for like the foster
1: puppies. It's really tall. So they can't get out. <laughs> yeah. Need it. That's a good for idea. monkeys, I'll They know.
2: can climb out of anything.
1: Is it, does it feel weird right now that like you get home and then, I don't know, like do you feel safer? Did you feel safer as soon as you got home or were you a little worried? I mean, I know you have little, so this whole pandemic for me anyways, I feel like my kids are in this safe age pocket because they're teens and my youngest is 11. So although I'm worried about them, I'm actually more worried about my parents and I'm thinking more about people with little kids.
2: Um, I didn't, feel unsafe at all in Slovakia either I actually mentioned a few times to my husband like maybe we should just stay here like we had our um, apartment until May 7th if we wanted it Um, the weather was beautiful they didn't have as strict um, rules about social distancing and all those things at the time given they probably do now but we could go five minute drive up and there was a big forest and we'd take our dog and the kids and walk and the parks were all like sandboxes no snow it was nice but obviously like things are changing very quickly and if it did happen to uh last longer and longer like I'm sure we would have wanted to be home and definitely glad we made the decision to come back but then now we're self-isolating for 14 days so yeah luckily everyone's feeling very healthy and we haven't seen any symptoms so hopefully uh stays that way but Yeah, you worry about them. I figured if something was going to happen, we would have got it on the plane or in the airports because you can't keep two toddlers clean, (laughs) sanitized, and wiped at all times. So
1: You you would need one of those cone of shame things that dogs have.
2: Just tape mitts onto their hands at all times and (laughs) put them in a bubble.
1: Well, and you can't, like, out you were saying too, like, you can't spend your life worrying about all of that. You had you had to get home. It was, I think, a wise choice. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure once you're there, you're relieved. I'm sure your family's even more relieved that you're home. I was um, just going to say the same thing. They probably just want you guys back here. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but none of them live in
0: Calgary, so... <laughs> yeah, but at least you're, like, close enough, right? Like, yeah, for sure.
1: There's something about being on your home soil that just makes you feel...
2: Even the language thing. It's like, yeah. I walk over... Yeah. Side and I hear people speak English and it's refreshing because you're like, know, oh. Yeah.
1: What's the first thing you buy at a grocery store when you get home in Canada on a typical summer, not on a not on a pandemic summer? <laughs> not toilet paper. Yeah. Not a COVID. <laughs> yeah. Not on a COVID summer.
2: I've never really been like a KD girl, but that's definitely one thing. And now with kids, like they love Annie's mac and cheese. We used to get um my mother-in-law would ship us over like Costco boxes of Annie's for the kids cuz you can't get things like that. Yeah. Peanut butter, just regular peanut butter, not like the healthy kind, just like Kraft, <laughs> smooth.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then sure. is that the kind of stuff that you would take over there too? Like you would would you pack a hockey bag filled with groceries on your way over?
2: No, but we definitely do bring things. We've learned tricks along the way. For instance, like the Annie's or the Kraft dinner, you just yeah. leave the noodles in Canada and you just bring like the cheese packets over so oh, it's not as much yeah. space. We brought a humongous thing of peanut butter over because my oldest like loves peanut butter. Um, different kinds of snacks and stuff, yeah. but we do usually get a few packages throughout the year with yeah. some of our favorites, some candies, you know, most of the things that... And, and how's the wine over there? The wine is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and way cheaper than over here.
1: I know. Ooh, like There this- was this
2: one Italian bottle that... I was very surprised how much I liked it, and it was like three ninety nine.
1: Ooh, wow, sweet! Perfect. And you can get it all
2: space. at the grocery store. You don't have to make an extra stop no. at the liquor store. You just get That's it all in one spot.
0: Yeah, just like one <laughs> stop, like yeah, so easy. I know I used to get. I can't remember which team it was, but it was obviously on a team where you didn't have a lot of like imports or friends and. <laughs> Brooke would just like FaceTime me at like whatever, 11 p.m. her time just in the wine. I'm like, <laughs> hi, friend. Yeah, I'm
2: like, it's European you a glass European. of wine? You're like, oh, I can have a glass of, or a cup of coffee. Like <laughs> always an eight or nine hour time change. It makes it difficult to talk to people back home because yeah. most people are working normal hours. So by the time they're done work at five, it's like the middle of the night. So yeah. usually the weekends are the only time you can. Um FaceTime family and friends and then
1: Yeah. What's what's the first thing when you get over there in any new city that you try to navigate?
2: The like necessities what's... like the grocery store, a gym, mm-hmm. um places to take my dog, those types of things. Liquor yeah. store.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hand in exactly. hand. <laughs> mm. I don't know, but just people don't think about it because you're like, okay, well, and then does the team typically, you don't have to find your apartment. I know we're kind of going back to this, but I just like to. Um, This year we did. Oh, you did
2: have to. Yeah. Um, All the previous years, you always have a car and an apartment provided once Mm -hmm. you get there this year, they give a budget um, for your living. So for us, we spent more than our budget obviously came out of our pockets a little bit, but we wanted to have something with enough bedrooms, enough space for the kids and the dog and everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's kind of nice that way, but it also is a little bit more stressful when you get there and you have to go into a hotel first and then find a place rather than, um, be able to move right into something when you get there. But
1: so then they just have an agent that helps you find a spot or are you running solo over there?
2: Um, there's a few websites, there's real estate, um, Type people that work with some web expat uh, living websites, and you do kind of find them on your own our our nightmare of a uh, travel home was worse, but not much worse than our travel there actually. We had quite the ordeal when we were going there, but we had found um a place told the real estate agent we had been talking to her probably a few weeks before we even flew over there, said we had two kids and a dog and Um, typically in Slovakia specifically, I'm not sure about the other countries, but not many people allow less than 12 month lease and we signed really late. So we were only going for four months. So even to get that was pretty tough, but Mm -hmm. on top of that, not many take dogs. So we found this place, we packed all our cars, we got out of the hotel and we got there and our dog jumped out of the car. And I just saw the owner's face be like, the (laughs) real estate agent had not told them we had a dog oh crap so we have all our stuff there to move in and they said no so then we're panicking because the last thing we want to do is go back into the hotel also at this time both my kids and myself have influenza like I we my one my youngest two days after we got there was in emergency with like a 42 degree fever no also my husband played his first game after arriving there and after two periods he tore a ligament in his hand so he needed surgery oh my god and so we're all sick and then we get to this place that we're going to move into and we're not allowed so we just oh. scrambled and basically took anything we could get into that night
0: god you're such a trooper deserve like oh. an award
1: no <laughs> kidding sounds like oh. you went in the same way that you came out
2: oh yeah <laughs> and when we got there we're like if this is an indication of how the year is gonna go or the next couple months like at that point when we got to the apartment and we couldn't move in all the bags were packed and we looked at each other and we're like do we just drive back to vienna and fly home like yeah Yeah.
1: well it's good to have a good partner on your side obviously you guys are doing this together you got to have a good relationship to or you wouldn't be together
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) totally you guys are a good team together yeah yeah,
2: because, yeah, I mean, you spend nearly 24 hours a day with them, especially when you're overseas. Like, you don't have friends mm-hmm. or family or groups or different things to do. So they go to practice in the morning, they come home, and you spend every minute with them. So you really right. got to love the guy. You need Before, each other. You need each and other and a ref- lot
1: more, I think.
0: And mm-hmm. even, like, the road trips. Like, there's you don't have long road trips like they do in the NHL or AHL.
1: Or-
2: no, they maybe have a few overnights
1: what do you think your biggest takeaway then out of your European living has been? Like what was your favorite part of all of your experiences?
2: Oh, there's so many. I just think like, I just have to tell myself how lucky I am to have the opportunity to travel over to all those countries because they do have, you have a few breaks throughout the season. So um, we've had the opportunity to Travel to tons of other countries and amazing cities while we're living over there and not many people have that opportunity to live in different countries and experience all these different cultures and everything so I know it's not going to last forever and um I just really have been trying to enjoy it as much as I can even though it's been getting more difficult every year I I know it won't last forever so yeah just enjoying it but I have I definitely am stronger than I ever thought I was more resilient than I ever thought I was. And my children are, yeah. children are so resilient. So they yeah. really are. They're just going yeah. to
1: reflect how you're, how you're doing it. They're just, yeah. their they're happiest they places where you are. So yeah,
2: yeah. they're, they're adaptable. They've been thrown into so many different situations and but I, honestly, always like been I, good. I feel
0: like that honestly, like the hockey life, like I mean in any life where it's this crazy and unknown, like I feel like that always helps the kids too, like in their growth. And like when some people ask like why Ryder is doing so well, I'm like, I think it's the unpredictability of like hockey that he's just had to just deal with it too, right? Like, For sure. like sorry, buddy, like we're we're going here two days. Right. Let's bye. Like yeah. they just have to learn.
2: Yeah. I remember having a conversation with a friend from um like elementary school, and we have kids similar ages. And I think my son slept in five different cribs in the matter of like 2 months or something and mm-hmm. she was like oh my god if i move the crib from upstairs to downstairs like my daughter won't sleep
0: yeah, yeah. but
2: it's they they have to learn how to because that's the life we live and yeah. right they've to learn how to sleep in the stroller in the car in on a the balcony.
0: crib <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> on the balcony
1: <laughs> yeah like they've got they that's all they know right so yeah,
0: yeah that's awesome. more resilient.
1: so yeah well it sounds like you've taken total advantage and um of living a life over there and just embracing all that all that you can with, with your European living and I think that's awesome. I think your attitude is awesome and obviously it's not been easy all the time but um it sounds like you've found a lot of joy in it too. So good for yeah. you. I love it. Better I'm kinda antsy. I want to go it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait yeah. for you. I'm
2: I'm definitely looking forward to the time when we get to just settle down in one house yeah. for yeah hopefully a few years or whatever, but if we can continue to do it and it's worth it for us to do it, we will. And if not, then we make some big decisions and start the next chapter, which I'm also excited for. So and yeah, to my neighborhood Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to find me a house. <laughs> well, I'll keep an eye out. I'm already keeping an
0: eye out for the clean cameras. So yeah. <laughs> just move everyone out here.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with us. I think, um, obviously, whatever path uh, presents itself for you guys will be great either way.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah thanks for coming on, sure. Hopefully I'll see you sooner than later. Yeah. Once we're all allowed to be within two meters of each other. <laughs> exactly. I'll try and
1: get to the Stampede this summer. So come on. Come on, Perfect.
2: Steph. Yeah. Oh, I'll be ready. Not it's not canceled.
1: Let's kick <laughs> this in the ass world. Let's do it right.
2: Yeah. Everybody <laughs> yeah. stay home and wash your hands.
1: That's right. Exactly. Well, stay well and healthy and um, we'll chat a- soon.
2: Yeah. Sounds good. All
1: Great. right. See ya. bye Thanks. Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend.
0: Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.